so what's up, my man? Not much, man. It's good to have you on the program, homie. I'm fucking pumped, dude. You can cuss. <laughs> Hell yeah, you can cuss as much as you want. <laughs> All right. It's just representation of yourself, though. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, however you want to present yourself today is it's totally fine with us. This this is all on you. <laughs> no, I'll be honest. You get what hour I am at, so that's how it works. You know. <laughs> <laughs> what what is this? What is this hour for you? What does eight p.m. symbolize for you? Eight today, though. Eight today is waking up at six, still tired, and then now I'm like on one, so we're good to go. And you already like, did. You already did a couple tattoos today. Yeah, absolutely. Right on. I, I don't mind like my Sundays anymore. I like I like to come in and check everything out. You know, like <clears throat> I want to spend the whole day, but it's fun. You yeah. know. Why don't we uh, start? Why don't you tell us? Because you grew up in this region, so tell us just a little bit about your background, kind of where you were born. I know, uh, obviously. Um, you know, we're both from Northwest Indiana. You're located in Portage, Indiana right now. So, yeah, why don't you tell us a little bit about where you're from, man? I was born in Hobart. Um, my, my, both my folks are from this area as well. They're b- both Hobart, too. And then we grew up in Lake Station, but I went to, like, a Hobart Township school. And then from there, you know, like, shortly after that, then I got in the uh, basically what I'm still doing. So that's been super great. Um, I mean, the area is the area, you know, like you're Port, you're Porter County, I'm Porter County, but now you're one over. So it's like, we're still always what we have been here, you know? Yeah. Steel mills, unions. Yeah. 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 And I mean, that's my family for sure. You know, like through and through and that's, pretty much my clientele not a lot of it but yeah definitely a majority of it too you know no i'm sure i could only imagine well it's like fuck man it's the only gigs around that have really good paying jobs yeah yeah in this yeah in this bubble absolutely you get into the otherwise you're going like west into chicago for city stuff and then it goes from you know and then you're living off the burbs from that, you know? Yeah. And your pops was a steel worker, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, 42 years, retired now. Fuck still me. getting Still getting it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's uh, like my pops, huh? Like, he doesn't stop. Like, yeah. he's always doing shit. Like, he's not on the couch watching stuff, is no. he? Later, you know, later on in the day. Dude, I went over there the other day. And you know, like that retirement shit is kicked in. <laughs> you can tell, like it's it's great. Like you can tell, like there was trees in the way of the like porch, so like there's bungee cords on the branches, so it would like collect that tree off the porch. And I was like, he's still got shit to do. He's bungee cording trees, but it's great, you know. <laughs> I was like, dude, that, like, if you are still doing that, you're still working, you know? <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, you know my pops. I mean, shit, you got to know him. You guys got to work together at the tattoo shop. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of younger wisdom or meaning, like, at that age of mine, like, the wisdom that he gave me is, like, still absorbed, you know? Like, everything 
and the experiences and the time that I had with them. Because I was, you know, working with people at that time, I think probably 25 to 30 years older than me, I would say. Well, I mean, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, everybody at the shop was quite a bit older than you. And just to yeah, give people some context, so the shop that you worked at was like, you worked under one of probably the most important tattoo artists in definitely in the state without question. Um, yeah. Definitely, I would say with throughout the region and, and even the country, like she, uh, Jeannie Frisch was a straight up like trailblazer. Like she was a, owned the first legal shop, co-owned the first legal shop in Indiana um, as a woman tattooer, like she's straight up, like you came up under a, a tattoo legend. So for people, in other words, just to give people context who like are, are listening and have no idea what, right, like right. any kind of like idea about tattoo history or anything like that. I'll just jump in every now and then just to throw that stuff in there, just so people have some context. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, Jeannie, you know, I'm from that, like the Indiana tree, so to speak, you know, the family tree of like, we were talking about that the other day where, you know, we all source from either Roy or Roy boy or Jeannie around here. But then like, that's even spread further in the bigger scheme of things across America where like, that's the, the one of the major hubs that was way back then and still is, you know, so it's still, yeah, yeah. Like definitely, from where I come from, there is that deep, there's that root base of tattooing and then it goes even further, you know, under the ground, not meaning under the ground, but just like the way it spreads out that way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't think people understand that that was a thing in tattooing for a long time that like people actually have roots and came up under like certain mentors that it wasn't just that like people, there were people of course who just got into it. But that for a long time, like people did like a proper apprenticeship, like you did an apprenticeship at Genie Shop. Yeah, yeah, for a year and some change prior to tattooing, and then I got you know a little going, and then a little bit more progressive, and a little bit further confident, and it became still not an understanding of anything, though. You know, like in in the reality of things, like you just there's still always things to soak up, but yeah, like I had enough, I feel like just the pure like ingredients there that, that, that were taught to me at that time and still have still are here, you know, that it's why I feel like I'm the way I am and the way I work and the way things work, you know, like it's definitely, understood in my in my view in my like my world that i have my approach due to the way it's kind of subtly built itself you know mm -hmm. but through knowledge you know yeah yeah but i mean like when you were when you were apprenticing like you're talking like you didn't tattoo for what a year a, year, a little over a year yeah. like that's no tattooing that's like like Give me an idea of like what you were doing in the shop on top of like, I know you were also like making needles and things like this stuff that people who are maybe getting into tattooing today will never do. No, no. And like, as far as job details there, I wasn't really, I was never treated Miss poorly. Cause that's always like the, 
you know, oh, you got an apprentice, they're going to eat the garbage and all that. Like, it's not that, you know, yeah, there's going to be some, you know, hazing and stuff, but I, mine was more respectful and like driven towards the, the approach of there is going to be an end date for you as far as you're done learning and now you're going to apply, you know, but yeah, making needles and help being there, being present, drawing, 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 and then learning how to draw, learning how to continue to the everything, the, the fundamentals of artwork or art itself, you know, shading and everything that you thought you knew, you still had no clue what you're doing. And if it was any good, it was probably still shit, <laughs> you know, like it, it, the truth, man. Like your confidence, your confidence is being questioned by yourself. And then once you put it down on paper, it's even worse. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh God, you know. Hey brother, I got, unfortunately, essays and YouTube videos of me from 10, 15 years ago. So like, it's like captured forever for the world to see me saying really stupid shit as like a 22 year old, 24 year old oh, kid. It, yeah. And I thought it was like really brilliant at the time. I was like, I'm really smart. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're going to wow them with this one. <laughs> so you know? Look back and look like a total fucking asshole. Um, <laughs> when did you? But, I mean, that's part of like growing up though. You know what I mean, bud? Like, yeah. Yeah. It still, still, you know, with that, you know, like the learning that you get. And you just don't understand shit though. But you, like you said, like when you're wowing them with that essay, now you look back on it and you're like, dude, like yeah. the same way we're <laughs> going to look back 20 years on this conversation. Yeah. 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 No, I'm, I, I'm hope, just... <laughs> I hope I'm, I'm still here 20 more years. Hell, that'll put me in. Yeah. No, fuck no. You're going to make it another 20 years. Come on. The, uh, Hey, I was going to ask you though, what, when did you know for sure that like, this is what the fuck I want to do? Like I'm an artist, like straight up, like, did you, cause I know we've talked about this in the past, but like, I fucking yeah. hated school. Like I hated every minute of school. Like I was the kid, like chipping away at my desk and like scraping shit and like vandalizing shit in the restroom. Like I, I was so like pent up, had so much energy. I fucking hated being in class every minute of every day. And, uh, so, like, I knew that, like, for me, it wasn't going to be like, oh, go to school, get good grades, go to college, get a job. Like, that wasn't going to happen. Like, when did you know that that route wasn't the way that you were going to go? I was, I was kind of the opposite, meaning, like, I was more, I, I got good grades, but I just knew how to take a test. And then I got older, and then I got, became a pothead, and then I got kicked out for that. Uh. And then... I was always, I was always drawing, dude. Like, that's how it worked. Like, Got you. even when I was young, young, you know, like younger, I would, that was my, I mean, yeah, it was Nintendo and all that shit, but then it was like trying to draw the Nintendo cover from the, the game or whatever, just that challenge of trying to draw stuff like that. And then I got kicked out. I was always drawn and I think I got tattooed in that same time too. Okay. So I got, and I went back, yeah, I went back and I was already tattooed. And when I did get tattooed, that's kind of like when it just sparked it all, where I was like, I still getting good grades. I could go to college. I 
could piss that away probably because it was like a ball state selection or IU for me probably. But I had no clue what I wanted to do. Or how to apply anything. Like it's like, what am I gonna do? Like what I knew, like I said, when I got tattooed, it was just there was that just like holy shit factor of I wanted to just ask him even and borrow his shit or whatever, but then it kind of dulled off and then it went from there to I think I really want a tattoo. How old were you when you got your first tattoo? Seventeen. Okay. And was it at a shop or was it at somebody's house? House. Right on. (laughs) Yeah. It it was cringy. It was cringy, you know? And like now, Vince, like I'm a piece of shit, you know? Like you think about it, you're like, you dirt bag, you house party dirt bag, you know? But I I guess I don't if I want to try to excuse that, you know, it was like, oh, it's, you're going underground to this, you know, the, the, all of that of a tattoo, you know, you, your buddy knows a guy, your, yeah. your buddy taking you to that guy. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was seedy as shit, dude. What seedy. was it? What was the tattoo? All that, uh, all that tribal on my leg, buddy. Oh, okay. Yeah. That was, was your like, first tattoo? Yeah. It was yeah. just a whole leg of tribal. Like, that's a thick, like, your whole bottom leg is covered. Yeah. Right? Half a leg. God damn. So that was their first one. So you didn't go, yeah. like, small for your first one. No. No. And I, there, it, there's always, like, oh, um, you know, we all have them, you know. Like, the more and more you get tattooed, you know, you just got to, oh, what happened there kind of one, you know. And, uh... Yeah, I got that one, man, and then I sat down with my folks, and I was like, yeah, I want to, I, I think I want to learn how to tattoo, and they both, you know, they're supportive. They, I guess, still had the question, like, is that a good route, and is that your best possibility, or is that what, I don't know, what they expected, but. What year was that, Jared? That was, I mean, hell, I was. Graduating high school, 99, 2000, man. Yeah, so that's still, I mean, just to give people some perspective who might be younger listening or for people who just have short memories, like even 20 years ago, there still was that kind of stigma of like, oh, you're going to be like a tattoo artist? Like, is that really like a gig that you do? You know what I mean? Like, whereas now, like it's fully professionalized now. Like the industry, as you know, has changed like radically like now if you tell somebody you want to be a tattoo artist in many cities and places around the country it's like oh that's a legit yeah that's totally legit yeah yeah it's still split culture thoughts on that for sure you know what i mean where you you have those people that just will never recognize that as being a moral or good thing right and then like on the whole complete other side of the shit but yeah 20 years ago dude when i went into it it wasn't, there wasn't any even social media that was, or anything like that. It was all magazine submissions and stuff like that to where you, that's how you got your exposure or conventions, which I, I mean, I was wet behind the ears. There was already greats already, you know, like when I got in and established greats and then, you know, all that. But yeah, I mean, now hell, everybody can, there's a lot of people and younger artists that 
want to get into it. And then you still have to find your niche and you still have to find that little hole in the like drywall if you want a good one, you know, in my opinion. Yeah. Did you, when you told your parents though, they, they were like, okay, cool. You're going to, you're going to do this. And then what, what did you just go down to Jeannie's shop? Oh, sorry. I did. I, uh, sorry, buddy. I think we had a little delay. Uh, That's on our end. It's flashing that our internet connection was a little slow. You're good. I noticed it, but I, yeah, I, I went, I talked to my folks and then from there I was like, all right, how do I go about it? And fortunately through friends, my friend's mom worked at the shop at Jeannie's shop. Right on. Yeah, I lost him for a second. We could always edit this, so this is no big deal, Jared. I just, I apologize. I don't know why. I understand. I know how it goes, dude. Hmm. Maybe Sunday night because there's a million people using internet. Who knows? Um, Yeah, you're getting throttled. Yeah, yeah, because we got you plugged in. We're actually on the landline, aren't we? Yeah, we've got you linked into the landline, and it's flashing that our internet is a slow connection. Someone went bonkers on a Comcast poll. (laughs) (laughs) You know? I fucking wish that's what was going on. (laughs) Something exciting. That's probably it, if you think about it. I'm sorry to do that to you, though, man. I know, like, when you get into a train of thought, I'm the same way. Like, it's it's a pain in the ass. But anyway, you can can just jump straight off of you. You're a friend at her shop. Yeah, my my good friend's mom worked at... uh, worked at Jeannie shop. So I was over there and then it was like, you know, she told me to get over there. So I went over there. I think, dude, I can't remember that either by like blind fear or whatever, but I can't remember the day I walked in there. I don't know if I called ahead. I can't, you know what I mean? I can't remember if I called ahead and it was like, here you have an appointment or it was like, did I cold call them walk in? And then say, I would like to learn how to tattoo or whatever I nervously said. Right. You know, and then, yeah, that's how the ball kind of got rolling. Definitely. It became, I had, a, uh, I had to sit down with Jeannie. Jeannie was like, bring your stuff, bring your drawings, this and that. And then I brought all that super nervous. And she's like, yeah, I'll apprentice you, you know, like you have a lot to learn and stuff like that. But, and then it just formally became that. And it's being young too and still fucking off, you know. So it became a question of how serious, like, I was going to get at, at that age too. Of, you know, your friend's still, you're, you're, at, you're young, dude. It's right. Yeah. You're going to be stupid. You know? I'm a, I, was, gonna, I was about to ask you if you kind of knew who you were working with at that time. But what I'm going to ask you to do first, I'm sorry to do this to you as well. If you have a refrigerator, you might have to unplug. Is there something going on and off that's giving like a kind of stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a refrigerator? Yeah. Is you, my refrigerator yeah, running? I think you're going to have to turn that refrigerator. You're going to have to unplug it. I'm sorry. You no hear problem. that, Serge? Okay. 
That'd be awesome if I got electrocuted live on here. <laughs> <laughs> if you I, saw me. Dude, I'd sell that footage like fucking, uh, what do you call it? Uh, dude, we should just keep that in. Yeah, we'll just keep that part in too. But I was going to say, I'll sell that footage like Faces of Death. <laughs> <laughs> like on hood sites and shit now or whatever Instagram page where it's like, man, that, I don't, I don't know if I need to watch that. <laughs> yeah, man, I know that you wouldn't mind. No, I was going to ask you, though, did uh, did you kind of know who she was when you were getting involved with the whole apprenticeship process? I knew of the, I mean, obliviously, yeah, of the area, absolutely. Gotcha. You know, gotcha. yeah, you had, just like you were saying earlier with the, with the stem of who was, you know, say, centralized around here for us, yeah, it was definitely... I knew of her. I didn't know, you know, I knew that. Right. And I knew that was where I chose to go. Right. For sure. I, I definitely knew that where when I met her, our connection and the understanding and like the, you've met her. She's one of the greatest people you ever meet. But when you are in the room with her, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. 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 yeah so. I knew it was uh, going to be a very direct um, learning and just a good, ex- you know, dude, it's one of the best fucking things that ever happened to me, you know, like, yeah, that's the thing I could say. So, but I get it where it, with those, I don't know if the other one, like meaning like Deb or, you know, meaning like, I don't think she was offering anything like that. But if I did, I didn't pick up on it at that time. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, not then, only are you learning under a legend, but, like, she, Jeannie is an amazingly nice, gracious, humble, hospitable person. Like, that's, like, what I, those are, like, the first things I think of when I think of Jeannie, Jeannie is, like, yeah. grace, hospi- hospitality, um, kindness, but she's also dead serious about what she's doing. She's on a mission to get it done, um, yeah, I mean, I've I've gotten tat. She gave me my first tattoo. I mean, the first tattoo I ever got was uh, the USMC on my right arm. And that was right out of boot camp, and then right after that, I believe, is when I met you. And the, yeah. the second tattoo I got was the uh, meat tags on my rib cage that you did, and that was That's I believe I- when you were. That was like right when you had started there, because this was like two thousand two. This is like winter of 2002 2003 yeah yeah your dad wasn't working there yet was he no he started working at the shop um shit a couple years after that yeah like a year or two after that yeah it was probably even probably just a year yeah in in reality what's your favorite what's your favorite big vince story of working at the shop with with big vince what your old man told me yeah um, <laughs> I have two, <laughs> I have, I have two, the, I never, you know, you, you're young and, uh, impressionable or, you know that, but yeah, he told me he got like super serious. He caught me. I was probably either outside smoking a cigarette or right as you walk in that when you get settled in down the road, you need a manila envelope three grand cash and a snub or a 38 in the envelope. And like, like 
it became a life goal of mine to like have that, you know? <laughs> and, and there, there's like no question, Vince, of like whatever, what, no, like I asked him, like, what do you need, you know, like for what? And he's like, in case you need it, you know? <laughs> and I was like, okay. So I, if it's. Like I dead the, serious too. Like people oh, who yeah. don't know him, like, yeah, like that's a, he was very, very serious about it. <laughs> yeah. That's a quick bug out package right there, you know, and, or when the shit hits and you're good to go for a bit, that's a road trip, that's you know? Right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it was so, I mean, shit, I think in my, it became a goal, dude. It became a goal of mine to have a manila envelope, three grand cash and a, you know, a snub nose or a 38 or whatever, just a, a revolver. And I think I was in like maybe my twenties and I hit it, you know, <laughs> like maybe mid twenties. And I was like, you did it, you know? And, uh, I think I understood it a little bit more too when I got my own manila envelope, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, where you're like, yeah, you might need this one day if the shit breaks, you know, yeah. uh, that <laughs> and that and i mean just there's a quote that your dad told me and i'll never forget it because he's like he's like you're short <laughs> and you know which one i'm talking about or no i don't know please tell it <laughs> your dad tells me one day he's like you're short nose to nose you got your toes in it toes to toes you got your nose in it <laughs> i was like all right yeah yeah man I still. Oh fuck! <laughs> what was? Yeah. What? Give me, give me a. What are the some of the crazier stories from when you worked at that shop? The best, the best one, the best one from at Genie Shop. That was very regulated. I was like still in that. Not. It wasn't regulated. It was. There was that vibe. And when you walked in, you got greeted by a counter person. I was tucked one room away and I was protecting myself in that room by fear and anxiety, <laughs> you know, because I'm young and don't know shit. But there is this fired up fucking dude on the counter at the counter one day. He was like all about getting tattooed. You know what I mean? Just but gang, like just gangbusters ready to get tattooed. And Molina was up there and dude, like, you know, you're one room away. You could hear this guy's energy, you know, and he, he's talking like, hell yeah, man. Like just fill this up, fill this up. You know, like you could even, you know, like just all that shit. And Molina's, you know, super calm. And she's like, yeah, we could do that. We would have to, you know, we could get that going. And what would you like here? And this big, big fucking wolf spider crawls up like this guy's shirt. You know what I mean? Like mid conversation and like crawls onto the counter. He's like, and like, no, no flinch, no shit, dude. He just explodes that fucking spider on the counter. Just like blast it. Just spider bug juice and shit shoots off. And she's Molina's freaking out is that one's definitely the best. Cause that guy, the fucking guy, sp the spider dude, crawled out of him like it crawled out of his shirt. This yeah, a huge wolf spider, and he was like, "Oh yeah, spider!" <laughs> you know what I mean? Just blows it up, and then keeps going about his 
fucking death oh, you. Shit. <laughs> By far, I've never seen anybody with that. And that dude, that was probably two years in or a year in. <laughs> there's no, there's, there's been nobody that can top his energy. And I've met some interesting people you know oh hell yeah no i want to get into that because it's like like a masseuse or like a barber you are not only a tattoo artist and a worker but you're like uh straight up like part-time therapist too Uh, absolutely guidance counselor uh part-time friend (laughs) it um, is yeah (laughs) then you question your friendship towards them you're like am i a good friend to them or are they a better friend you know like i feel like i do that a lot because you get to see a lot of people. You get a lot of different relationships with people. Absolutely. And then they're, you know, you have a very giving person who's like, here, I got you this. And you're like, fuck, man, probably just going to give you a mediocre tattoo today. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> am I a good friend for that? You know, and like, then you question loyalty, you know, where it becomes like, man, you know, and a lot of that shit has definitely happened mentally for me since I got over here at the new place where it's yeah yeah there's been some major gifts and efforts where it's like man dude for what for you know or not me for what but like well shit I remember when you were when you were just opening the shop that you're in now I remember the amount of people who were in and out of that shop helping you with different things painting the floors right the walls, That's I mean. the electricity. I mean, you've got a lot of people, dude, who definitely love you. That's what I mean as far as reciprocation. So meaning when all, like, I, you have to question your, how much your, you, you are contributing to that person or their friendship or whatever. And I'm, I always get hit with that, like gift guilt and Christmas guilt and all that shit. So it kind of beats me up a lot, Ben. It does. Dude, I'm the same way, bro. I, my entire life, I've always been like, I mean, Allison, I'm sure Elena probably tells you this too, but like Allison will always tell me like, there's a lot of people who consider you a very, very good friend to them. And if I asked you how you felt about them, you would probably say, oh, they're a friend. Like, yeah. And, that, and you know, that's not like, I, that's not being aloof. It's just like sometimes, no, it does. It eats me up too sometimes. And I don't know how to respond to that because there's only so much of yourself that you could give to so many people. I mean, at some point it's like, I think both you and I are this way where we like, like we can bullshit and be social all day, but like we need that time of like, I want to be in my hole. I don't want anyone around me. I don't want anyone bugging me. I don't want to hear from anyone. Like, I just want to be like in my world. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You know what I mean? And sometimes like if, if you're trying to like keep up with like 10, 20, 30 friends or whatever like it's really hard to get into that like you like to paint I like to write like those yeah. are very solitary things to do where like yeah you, oh yeah you know what I'm saying yeah and it's it's a hard budget of time and like you said you're budgeting any of that friendship and all that it's you know that's one thing that I've never done though where I'm like man I haven't seen you in a bit or whatever I'm not gonna guilt you about it no yeah, I know you've been doing same old shit that I've been doing, but yeah, you know, yeah. But well, putting out- 
Even well, even our friendship was like that because we spent a shitload of time together. I mean, first of all, I got that second tattoo that I ever got from you yeah. at Jeannie's place, and then after during my first deployment, when my mom got her brain or had her brain aneurysm, and I received the Red Cross message and came home, that was the summer that you did my back piece. Yeah. Um, so we got to spend like many, many hours. I don't know how many, but I think well over twenty hours. Um, just, you know, talking to each other. And like, at that point I was sharing stories about the military and what I thought about the wars and you were just, you know, kind of finding your own tattooing and yeah, man, we spent this shitload of time together. And even in the years after that, and then as life happens, man, we just bunch of, you know, I was involved with a bunch of stuff, traveling around, doing different things. I know you had bounced around to a couple different shops. Um, yeah. We, we always collectively met at like, or bumped into each other at a show though. Yeah, that's true. Drew, you know, like where, yeah. Yeah. After, after you came home and all that. Yeah. And I was like, there's Vince. <laughs> <laughs> and we like share our new cell phone number, you know, like, Hey, <laughs> here's my cell phone. And then, you know? and then. There was the Christmas miracle of 2016 or 2017, whichever year it was, and we have been able to sort of reconnect and yeah. be in each other's life pretty regularly. So that has been, yeah, that was like, it's been pretty awesome, man. It's been great to like re-catch up with you in a lot of ways. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know. You I, know, know you, I know you don't. I know you love all of this sentimental shit. <laughs> I'll just I'll just read our text messages real quick. <laughs> yeah, which are like "fuck you, you motherfucker, you piece of shit." Like you, <laughs> real sappy. You yeah, yeah. You called me like a pussy or something the other day because I sent you a. Uh, text. I just sent, I, dude. I send this guy. Listen to this, Serge. I send this fucking guy a text at like ten o'clock at night. Like I'm all in in the living room, like listening to some music and shit. And I'm like, I'm just gonna send a message to this guy. Say I love you, man. Like I'm like, I love you, man. Like I just sent it to him, you know? He sends back like, What you're such a fucking pussy. <laughs> it's like what? <laughs> like, what? And then yeah, then it got an insult. <laughs> yeah, Come then on. I started insulting him as well, but <laughs> it happens. That's um, friendship. Um it is friendship. It is friendship. And yeah, it's like, I think that's the other thing too, is like kind of busting people's balls is like one of the things I love about being in the tattoo shop is that it reminds me of like my group of friends, the way that Sergio and I interact with each other, all the people I know from the Marine Corps and like a lot of good jobs after that, the restaurant, construction sites, landscaping gigs where like half the day was spent basically like making fun of each other. Yeah, yeah. Like, like that's a beautiful environment. It it keeps everything open. I feel like there's a better. I hit like how uh, PC was that, you know? But meaning like, yeah, you're. You I have the ability to talk to you on good or bad things, right? Because of that, I feel you know, like where you can stay that direct and you could slightly hurt. You know, you're not trying to hurt nobody. You're just fucking with them, but right. right. You got to be able to take your jabs, but I, that just builds that easier line of communication, say, for bad shit or good shit, you know, where you can be like, hey, this is going on. I need your help or I need to talk to you. 
yeah. you can catch somebody better. not catch somebody but you get to talk to them easier you know absolutely absolutely yeah and and you've talked to you love talking you talk more than i even talk i've talked to people for you know i've talked to people one-on-one for 20 years dude like you get we could have a good conversation i enjoy talking to people or we don't have to right yeah that's it's great yeah yeah no what do you think about well that, i was i was gonna that's like kind of a nice transition into a question about like having people come in to the shop and i know there's like so many videos of this so it's like there's no reason to like do a like what are what are the your biggest pet peeves when people come in but like what do you well i guess i should ask this might be even more interesting for people to hear like what has it been like since covid hit it's a pretty big fucking change to a lot of people's lives obviously uh it was a big change to your life you were in this new shop which toward the end of the interview i might have you kind of give us a little tour to kind of show people how awesome it is. Cause it's like one of the most unique tattoo shops I've ever been in. The name of the shop is untold gallery and it's in Portage, Indiana. So you could look it up. Um, but yeah, so you like just moved in here. So to give people like some timeline, like a recent timeline. Yeah. <laughs> the, way, the worst timeline, just a, if you think about a life tidal wave that you're like, yeah. So Jared is in a shop in Portage, uh, a different location than the one he's located in now. He's in a shop in Portage. He decides he's been telling me about this place for at least a year, if not longer, this church that, that he's in right now that's been converted into a tattoo shop that used to be a uh, floral shop for many years and a restaurant before that. And, uh, it's right next to a cemetery. It's a church. I believe it is what the oldest building in Portage. One of them. One of Without. the oldest buildings in Portage. Um, Without. And it was built in what year, Jared? It's 175 years old. So Jesus. that math. Yeah. I, think it, I can't 18, do math either. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have I have all that information, of course, you know. Yeah, hundred so hundred and seventy five year old church. Jared moves in. They renovate the place. It looks amazing, as as you'll see, and as you can see even back there where he's sitting. Um, and right at the same time, Jared, being Jared, decides that he's gonna, <laughs> decides that he's yeah. also going to get married, and he's going to get married at Park at our community place at the community center. <laughs> And so not only is he, I call, Hey, look, can I interrupt? I think I caused all this shit. <laughs> I know you did. I keep joking. I dude, I, for the life of me will never, I will never ever not say that your guys' marriage is that the, that the, that the marriage at park was like what kicked you caused Bernie Sanders to lose the primary that night. <laughs> You guys, the night that you guys got married, Bernie got his ass kicked in South Carolina. It was the end of the campaign. You got married. COVID hit. You move into this new shop. It's like, holy fuck, dude. Like, you can't pick bigger life things to do than to pick up your business, move it to a new building and a new location, have to renovate it and get married. And then right after all of that, Boom, COVID hits. Like, the day that we knew the shit was going to hit, Sergio and I actually came in to get tattooed. Because we were yeah. like, and we were fired up. <laughs> you guys were, yeah. Yeah. 
that that was what in like was that in March then? It's like March 9th, I believe, Serge. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like March 9th. Yeah. And then we closed Park like soon after that, and uh, we closed soon after that too. Yeah. So so what the hell has it been like to tattoo with under COVID? We uh, we kind of got it. I'll stay positive on it, and then I'll give you the negative of it. You know, on for sure. We got approved for being pretty much a check people at the door tattoo studio or shop, you know, parlor, whatever you want to call it. Um, so our protocol is kind of awesome. If you think about it, you cut out any wacko, any wild one, and you're, you have your appointments for the day. So you could bring them in. We keep, um zero guest with you know your person so we have a low head count face mask and all that and that's as far as the approach of tattooing i mean yeah you i personally became i guess more aware aware of ethical and being ethical but i was already you know but yeah yeah i mean we had to put a face mask on and it became that you know but the environment's awesome because it's a, like I said, it's a low head count. You don't, you, it's most likely already a regular or someone new. And if they're new, you they're already kind of vulnerable because that's the first time they've been in here. So it cuts any, you know, and then you have the vibe of the shop. So it kind of just runs itself for the day. Yeah. You know, and then you get to add to it or subtract from it. <laughs> for the day you know so yeah but you guys have been cool like there's been knock on wood like y'all have been good over there we've yeah we've been we've been real good real good good um we took this as pro i took it and i feel like everybody in here definitely took it as a very positive thing and keep it really like keep it beautiful you know like we got a good thing um if you look at do you got a rough job no we don't have a rough job we got a remaining job you know is a good way to put it because there's a lot of our clients that aren't working or furloughed or laid off or you know playing that and not playing that but they got dealt with that right right so that's that's part of our I guess if there was like something that have, that has affected us here, it's definitely due to COVID. We have lost some clientele and we lose them every other day. It seems like since there's been, you know, when there's surges and spikes, man, like, yeah, you're going to have your whole week open up as soon as you're trying to figure out your week right. where, um, but like I said, we keep a tight protocol and, we're all very aware, you know, where, whereas like, you, you don't run a free for all and it's nice, you know? So, and prior to that, we really had a good, we had a good environment at the old one. We had, it was all, we're all established tattooers. So we're direct and ready to go, you know, otherwise we're going to be living here, which we practically do already, right. you know? There's, yeah, I, I've done it. I've soaked it up for a long time. In 20 years, I've definitely, probably 90% of my life, <laughs> if there's, or 80, 
you know, in the chair. Oh, it's or or at the it. shop, yeah, just at the shop doing something. Yeah, you know, yeah. There's recreational and all that shit, but and you've I got feel, a great. Well, you've got a great crew too. I mean, you got a crew got, of people that you were working with for a while, and then you've had new folks who were friends prior to that who joined the crew. So now you got a yeah. crew of, including you. There's six tattoo artists at your place. Six total. Yeah, six total. Um, all in my opinion well experienced well you know good to go and i think that's what makes it and then there's the the magic of that too where you just you start picking up on it you know and it doesn't it's not there every day don't get me wrong you know there's always going to be how you're emotional or i'm not getting into that yeah, <laughs> yeah no 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 i <laughs> not I'm either pissed or ready to, I'm okay. So there's my emotions, you know. That's pretty much my emotions too. Yeah. You know, I feel like anger motivates me and so does being mad. It's been fuel for the fire. Subtly, the people that have always pissed, yeah, this is getting like uh, Steve Buscemi and Billy Madison, like putting lipstick on now. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. Tell us who hurt, tell us who hurt you, Jared. (laughs) Things motivate me. I know my mom has said since I've moved over here, I've gotten far more mad, but it's like, I finally had a heart to heart with her. I'm like, where has that been different? (laughs) Well, no, the real question, Hey, whenever I get mad and my parents bring something up, I go, and where the fuck do you guys think I got that from? Oh, always. I'm like, no shit. I got a wild ass temper. I'm like, that's, that's wild. You know, I'm like, I can't believe that shit. It's not like I've ever seen you or mom have a wild temper before. Yep. Yep. (laughs) I love your mother though. Your, your mom is awesome. Well, both your parents are awesome. Yeah. I've only met your sister a couple times, but she's nice. I interact with her on Facebook, but I, man, your, your parents are like, just they're sweethearts, dude. They're fucking awesome people. Like straight up, it's not surprising that you're awesome because your parents are awesome, and your mom and I can go for days about politics, which I love. Yeah, yeah, you. She's fired up. She is I love fired her. up. Fired up. Fired up. <laughs> That's and I'm I'm on a different part of fired up, you know. But just like you said, you know, with like when I get that question from them, I'm like, you're the ones that made this horrible concoction. <laughs> That's right. Of and shit, and you know, like you, I, if I was, if I was a parent, I think I, because you're not a parent, I'm not a parent. I don't know how many times I'd have to check my own brain and be like, I knew exactly that's what that kid was gonna do, you know, like where you'd be like, I saw it coming, dummy, you yeah, know, yeah. of course, like, like I wonder if as a parent, since we're not parents, this is a good question, just to parents, like. Can you see it coming? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know. You gotta know. You've got to look at both people and be like, okay, both of us can lose it at the drop of a dime. Like, I wonder what this kid's gonna be like. <laughs> yeah, I think. I mean, if you look at the outside of the world right now, Vince, I think partly all these horrible combos of genetics are. Look what we've done. You know. <laughs> Hey, Jared, Jared sounds like Angry Johnny now. 
I don't know. <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta watch out. That's we. Sergio says lots of behavioral stuff. Well, yeah, that's the thing, man. I mean, I it's not like. It's like how much of this is actually like in someone's genes, and how much of this is just like you're raised around just goofy shit. And so if you don't have, I mean, when I think of, I mean, think of all the friends you have or shit that comes up. And I often think to myself, like, how did I learn this thing? Or how did I have this kind of like understanding of the world? And I know you and I have talked about this in the past, but it's like, I'm like, well, fuck, I thank God every day for my uh, parents. I mean, you know, I just sit there and think like they raise me a certain way. They raise me with certain values. Like they teach me certain lessons and all through life, dude, you know how it goes, man. It's not like that shit stops when you're young. Like in my twenties, I was still learning from my dad in my thirties. I'm still learning from my dad. Yeah. Um, You know, and my mom, like, and you just, you know, I think I'll probably learn from my mom longer than my dad because she's. I think there's other things to learn from my mom that I haven't learned yet. Whereas with my dad, it's like, now I'm telling my dad to be like, Hey, you know, you got to do this. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like we also are transitioning into the role of parents, um, to some degree. Like, you know what I mean? Like I remember somebody years ago telling me like, as your parents get older, like you're going to turn into the parent and they're going to be the child in some ways. And it's true. Like I go over to my parents' house and I'm like, what the fuck are you two arguing about? <laughs> like they yeah. used to do with Tony and I, <laughs> I, uh, I look at it that way now with my folks where I'm always run. I will always, always run to advice or for advice from them. And I know you probably do too. My mom's always been that beck and call, you know, mm-hmm. where, even if I have a decision made up, it's kind of like, I want to hear her. And I'm like, Oh, that's bullshit. Or I'm like, she agrees with me. Yeah. You know, I've never really butt heads with my old man, but we have a different relationship. We have, that's my old man, you know, but my mom's my mom. And she's like the, I always want to hear what she's got to say. And it's always been that go-to call anything catastrophic anything good anything bad good great what you know all those that fall into those topics it's always like hey i need to hear what you got to say or i'm leaning on doing something like this do you think it's a good idea and sometimes you know like it'll be personal it'll be business you know and then on business sometimes i'm like nah blah blah blah. i'm doing that dumb shit you know but I still want to hear her, you know, and even when it became here, it's that like the decision here, Ma, um, we're moving right now. I'm like, yeah, like we're moving it's like hot to trot. We're getting the keys this day. Um, I'll swing everything. We're going to, you know, and that was coordinating the wedding too. And it was like, boom, boom, boom. And it was always still, but yeah, who is painting here? You know, like me, like my mom's here painting. My dad's like, fixing a door or whatever shits, you know, like that's how, I don't know where I know what you mean where like you, it reverses on a parent where you're like, the hell are you doing? You know? Yeah. 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 And as they get real old, they're like, we're going to have to not only that, but like, we're going to have to quite literally take care of them. You know, like you have to like go over and like help them with stuff and like take, take care of them to some degree. And, 
Yeah, dude. I no. I think it's it's really funny too. Serge and I were talking because Serge has a really tight relationship with his parents. Yeah. And I'm like, it's so funny that the three of us do not have children. And I like because we like. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, hey, I I'm I'm happy with my decision, and I don't Absolutely. think Serge. Serge doesn't have a choice anymore, so his his uh, his balls are snipped, so he ain't having no kids. Anymore. Hey, I don't want him. I can't have him either. So yeah, no, I need. I'll I'll be joining that train as soon as we open up for safe surgeries again. But uh, which was supposed to happen this winter. Anyway, I just think it's funny though, man, because it's like I know a ton of people who had really rough upbringings, and I always feel like they are the ones who. We're like, man, I really would like to have a family and like, you know, like establish like what a solid family would be like and like yeah. have kids and all that kind of stuff. And I don't know if there's something correlated with like a lot of the people I know who did have like really solid and it's not true all the way, you know, so I don't want to make too many generalizations. No, like, no. You know, like I know a lot of really solid people or people who grew up in really solid homes who now have kids. But yeah, I just think it's funny because like the three of us have no desire to have children whatsoever. And yet the three of us grew up in homes that weren't perfect by any means. Like all of our homes had problems like everybody home does. But I mean, like we, you know, like if somebody asked me who are some of your best friends, like my parents are my best friends. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, and that's not the case for like a lot of people, man. And I don't know at what age I kind of realized that, you know what I mean? Like at a certain age, you kind of realize like, Oh shit. Like every, yeah. Yeah. You're like, I'm fucking, I'm like totally spoiled. Yeah. Yeah, I feel about I feel for that now too with like there's a different part of parenting that's going on right now, of course, with hell, everything, school and all that. And you know, it's a it's a changed ball game where hell you gotta be a high like coordinator. You know, like we're selfishly coordinating our day. Right. But we're not coordinating our day for everything that you've created you know, and you're responsible for. So I feel bad. I do feel bad. I feel, you know, empathy towards that too. But, you know, then like the shithead side of me is like, well, I didn't choose that, you know. Sergio is going, yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, same, same here. I'm like, no, but here's my thing. Okay, I, I mean, 100%, 100%. But my thing is, e, the so the people who did, though, I think that we got to make sure that the kids are taken care of. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that Sergio is saying, of course, as well. I mean, no, I, I, I just want to be clear because no, I definitely feel that there is a part of me that does get a little frustrated when I talk with some of my friends, you know, who will just like constantly like complain and complain and complain to me. And I'm like, look, like I, you know, like there was like part of my reasoning. I don't know if this is true for you, but definitely part of my reasoning at a young age to not have kids was like, I thought the country was going to shit. I was just like, like, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't, I was like 19 or 20 and I was just like, oh yeah, this place is fucking, uh, yeah, fucking mess. Like what in the fuck? I'm going to bring a kid up in this world. Like I felt like that in 2001, 2002, 2003, like, you know, like when I was first meeting you, I was like bitching to you about it. Like as you were tattooing my back, I'm just like, dude, I think there's like an evil government that's going to fuck up. (laughs) I mean, but, you know, yeah. I mean, that's part of it. I mean, there's other reasons, too. Like, I do think there's a certain selfishness where I'm like, what do I really like to do? I like to read. I like to write. I like to sometimes draw and do stuff like that. I like to interview yeah. people. I like to do our political stuff. Like, those are the things I like to do. And I'm, like, of the thinking that, like, 
fuck everything else. Like, I'm just like, if I could make my life to where, yeah, dude, (laughs) would you call me a selfish asshole? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) But you got, Hey, all right. Let's get into the debate of it though, too. It's like having a child selfish, you know, it's like part of your pride, you know, where you're like, Hey, I mean, I don't want to be the one that starts saying this shit. Yeah, we're about to get you canceled. No, I mean, Sergio's shaking his head. Yes, I've always found that interesting. You're making the point that Sergio makes, which is like, isn't that kind of a selfish move? Absolutely. Right. It's Well, all right, let's get into it. Let's get into it. All right. You know, we're selfish because we don't have them. If we call it that, you know, cool. But if you choose to have a child, you procreate, you take on that responsibility, that's a selfish act. And then you have to be selfless on that child. You you should be. Yeah. You know, you're the one that made that decision to have a good um, environment, all this, good life, provide all that, which is a huge fucking responsibility that I chose not to do. But I do feel like it's a part of someone's own pride to be like, well, I'm a good person. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna pro- I'm gonna put out a whole another generation of me because i'm you know but then when does pride almost soup get superseded by stupidity you know where like you can be prideful and knowledgeable knowledgeable uh you know knowledgeable about something but you can be stupid blind stupid on one thing too you know and i that's where you're dealing with someone's every day now where they're so and we've talked about this where they're so like stood on one side of the fence anchored in and it's like well your pride has almost become fucking stupidity you know and your knowledge is only your knowledge and yeah i'm dumb too cool you know but yeah um i if well that's part of the reason why i love you bro is because you're like one of the most at times, I think it's actually a problem, but you're actually one of the most humble people I know. And, uh, yeah, like, I, I always am, like, I think you, I've always thought you're, more like, one of the most humble people I know. I mean, most people need a dose of uh, humility. You are, like, the opposite of that. Like, you're, like. I've taken, you know. What'd you say? I mean, I've got, I've taken my hits of humility, I feel like, where that may, that might've humbled me even more, you know, where, but I don't think you need to be more humble. I think you need to be like, yeah, I'm the fucking shit, dude. (laughs) I know. I know you would never, you would never in a million years think like that. And that's what, that's one of the reasons why I fucking love you is because you would never (laughs) like you, buddy. But I think, I think we, we had a really good talk that I think during the shutdown, we, hung out way away from each other and you're like you're way calmer and i know you kept telling me that and i was like what are you talking about you know but i don't know i you you've had to deal with big situations and i feel that's a very humbling experience where you know you you know that we've had these talks where there's been that where it, it builds you further in how you go about things. But I, like you saying that I'm humble, I don't, I know that I am because I'm not one of those like 
But I've told you too, I would like to resort back to that 20 year old cocksucker where I was like fearless and super aggro, you know, and just, yeah, just, yeah. But it's, you still have it in you. You just don't let it, you know. Right. Right. Just don't <laughs> let it come it. out. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I know, man. I mean, I'm constantly fighting it because like you, anger is like has been the fuel for like 18 years. And it's mm. some it's just like channeling it. Like I've heard people say like, oh, as you get older, like you can't use that as like your fuel still. And I'm like, fuck, you can't. I'm like, I'm still using it. Like, you know, like in a, I hope more and more productive ways as time goes on. Um I wanted here. I want to ask you a couple other things though, because I know because we, we'll. I could talk to you for five hours. Um, I just, but I, but I do want to ask you some like specific sort of tattoo questions too, because of, of course I think one of the things that you know that a ton of people don't know is like some history of tattooing, like the different styles of tattooing. Like these are yeah. things that like you know, how do I put it? Yeah. People could get on like vice and check that kind of shit out. There's a lot of people who will listen to this or watch this who would probably never look up like a inked, uh, documentary on vice or something like that. So it's yeah, like, those are, those are really good. They're awesome. Yeah. No, they're, they're fucking awesome. Um, I was going to ask you kind of, how did you know what style, like knowing that there's different styles, Japanese, traditional, American, traditional, fine line, black and gray, all the rest. Um, how did you kind of know right away? Cause you're, you're into art and then you're getting into tattooing, but like, at what point did you know, like, this is my shit. Like I like this style. I still feel after. Or which styles like hit you right away. I'm sorry. I should have put that like, which styles were the ones that like right away were like, I love this. I love a little bit of this or whatever it is. Cause you do everything. I mean, there's no, all across the board still. Yeah. I feel like I'm, I still have a little style in what I do, you know, produce absolutely with some of, you know, like right now I feel, I told myself after I hit 20, I want to relearn everything. And I think that's fair to myself to where it's like, throw out every habit that you have, have every, bad habit, good habit and start over and learn again. So right now I'm, I feel like I'm pushing myself to draw more than ever. And we, me and Andy made and fee and the shop and Ev and Luke and Eric all made an agreement kind of just to draw it, you know, draw it. Um, it's been good too, where hopefully I do develop a style further. You know, like I said, I could put some flair in the shit. I have an understanding of there's tattooers that I like. So you're going to kind of reference stuff like that. And that's going to develop into what you like, or you just kind of, you follow a bad habit and it could be a good habit that people like. Mm -hmm. But when I first started tattooing, I definitely was, I, I, I loved all the black and gray guys back then, Paul Booth and all that, of course. And I mean, hell he's still, you know, that, and then. But Vince, I'm so all over the place still tattooing that I've tried to just say, we'll just do a really good job at them. You know, yeah. pick out pick out all the strengths of good reference, pick out reference really good stuff to produce good stuff. 
So it's always been that for me anymore. And I think these, these guys can agree with that where it's like, they know I have the ability to do a tattoo solid and good. And they have the ability to do the same damn thing, solid and good, you know, like there's so many diverse styles of tattooing these days that they're, it is by far vast and so vast and it's hard to explain, but there is big, big categories, which those categories fall into or subcategories. So you have, you know, traditional tattooing, of course, that stems from, you know, the beginning. And then you have like Japanese tattooing and all that, you know, like bigger work, larger piece work and whatnot. And realism, you have color realism. Um, and then it just breaks, you know, now you have extreme artists coming in, putting like master, you know, like, uh, more of a painterly look into it more. I mean, there's just, it's all over the place, but then that falls into realism. Then you have all this minimalist stuff that's starting to take place now too. Um, yeah. floral work and girls are getting bigger larger scale work now but it's like geared toward not geared i don't want to say that it's it's beautiful mm -hmm. compared to maybe an era of tattooing for them that was kind of just still didn't have its own identity yeah. now it's like you know and i've always worked with and i think pretty much in every shop i've ever worked with which shouldn't be a thing. I've always worked with a gal and I've always worked with like women. Yeah. So, um, but it is still it, a thing in the industry. I mean, it's, it, there's no it's, doubt that like there's, it's still kind of a boy's culture for sure. I mean, you know, I don't think that it's, it's not definitely not what it used to be, but like I, there's been some, even like the last time I was in LA, I talked with some of the female artists at some of those shops and it's like, yeah, like they kind of ha have that attitude of like, I'm, fucking bad to the bone and like I'm gonna play with you guys and like if you guys you know what I mean it's kind of like a lot of that like you have like those are the killer you know like they're the ones that yeah well you have a, a woman in your shop who's a killer I mean yeah Evelyn uh Garcia who uh yeah is uh just fucking phenomenal mm -hmm. I mean her stuff is really something else man I mean it, fortunate yeah. to have her there and her old man oh, is the one who wired the building up yeah I just saw him the other night. He's, he's one of the best people. And not only wired the building up, but gave you the saying that is plastered on the windows of your shop, which is, what did, he, what did he say to you? This is a place where you can make your dreams. Fucking A. Yep. That's yeah. beautiful. It's super simple, and it fit all the windows. Oh, yeah. I just saw him the other night, like... You know, he was, he was in, and I was like, man, I love Prudenciano, you know, like... It is. It's he's one of those people I've met him probably, let's say, a total of thirty to forty five minutes. You know? But you know. Yeah. In yeah. There's some people like that. You don't have to meet them for long to know like what they're all about. Yeah. And he's a great dude. Who are yeah. so who's who's some of the people today? Because I was gonna go into like some of the old folks like uh, but we won't, I don't, we'll save that for another time. Actually, I think it would be cool to have both you and Eric on and kind of get Eric to do like a history of Roy boy 
and kind of yeah. go into like a history of tattooing a little bit and kind of talk about some of these guys and how influential the Bob Shaw's and Eamon Dietzel's and, uh, God, there's so many. I mean, we just Burt Grimes right. and Mark Mahoney's and Jack Rudy's and Freddie Negrete, all these guys and where they come from and the Bowery and the difference between the Bowery and the Pike and what that meant and the connection to the military and even before the military, the connection to the circus uh, and even before that, the connection to like Great Britain and the empire and like how they like, it, which is why I love the history behind George Burchette, my favorite guy, because it's like he's... <laughs> He's a Navy vet. He's traveling all over the world with the British Empire. He's picking up all this shit at like these different islands he's going to in the Pacific. And then he's in Japan and he's picking up all this stuff and then bringing it back and then tattooing in Great Britain. But, um, so vast. You know what I mean? Oh, it's dude, like, it's awesome. I mean, you know, I love the history. I mean, I love it. Oh, yeah. I, I, I've, you know, I've read in and stuff like that. I just don't feel like I'm the most knowledgeable. So, I guess sometimes for me where I truly have read and done my homework, but there's, there's somebody out there that knows way more shit on me. And I'm, I don't like being that one person that's like, Oh, I know all this. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I could put them out and say the topics and stuff like that, but yeah. then I'm questioning my own information. Right. No, yeah. no, no. I think it would be great to have Eric on just to talk about Roy boy stuff. Yeah. Just to give yeah. people an idea of like who Roy was and what he, what he meant to the, to the region and, and what he meant to tattooing. So who, I was going to ask you, who are some of the cats today though? Like if you were going to tell somebody like, here's some people you need to be checking out today. Like who are some of your favorites that are out there other than the people you're working with? Cause I know you're obviously even a fan of the people that you get to work with every day. I'm, you know, who I'm going to say, you know, Oh, I, I mean, do, but the people listening don't. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, of course you're going to, and just due to the fact that I love Nate, you know, like Nate and Nathan, you know, Nate Rohrbacher and Adventure Tattoo and Chad Copelinger or Kaplinger. Um, I mean, yeah. And they're down That's, in Nashville. Yeah. And uh, East, yeah, East Nashville. One of the, I mean, that you want to talk about a beautiful shop. And just, yeah, you have all of Great Lakes, you know, every one of those are one of my favorites, all of them, you know, they've always been supportive. They're great people, you know, um, those are some of the, you know, you have a bunch of shops out in Cali, of course, you know, you have like Chris Marchetto is one of my favorites. And then, I mean, dude, it's it's like per city anymore, you know? Yeah. Or it could be like 15 in the city these days of who's great and who's good and who's got so many. And it's just so vast right now. Do you, it's do you like every day, Vince, I'm impressed by someone new yeah. for real every day, dude. Yeah. It's so hard. Like, yeah, I have favorites. Like my favorites like are Jack Poplinger, you know, um, uh, Without a doubt, you know, I love Mario Dessa's stuff. I love Nick Colella's stuff, you know, Greg Christian, you know. And but then it just goes boom, 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 further, like Nate stuff. And then I mean I could just list and list and list, but I feel like there's definitely an understanding of what's taking place, I feel like, with Nate and Chad 
and Chucky and those guys down at that shop where, and it can be debatable. It is, you know, but that's how I look at things. Like that is one of the places you should go. That's what I was just going to ask you is like, if people are sitting out there thinking like it, so here's the thing. If you see something, I'm assuming you're going to agree with this advice, but if you see something on Instagram that you want, you go to that person to get it. You don't, you you don't go to your local cat and say, Hey, can you, can you do this? Or you might have to do something like that. And I understand if you can't make the trip, but if you really, really fucking like the thing that you see, I think it's worth saving the money even if it takes you a couple of years and take a trip there and get it from the person that you want it. Yeah. I've done it. You've done it. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's no, it's no shit on me. If one of my friends or loyal clients say, Hey, I'm going to go get tattooed by her or him. You know, it's like, yeah, go. Yeah. 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 Tell it's a cool <laughs> trip too, man. You're going to get to know different people. You're going to see different people. You know what I mean? You're in a new city. Like you get to hang out at the yeah. shop. Like that's the kind of shit that you want to do. Yeah. It's yeah, man. It's, it's part of the, it's, it's your life in it. What you want, you know, when you start getting tattooed, yeah, you start getting what you you're getting, but then you start getting opened up and then it's like, wow, I really like that style. I really like that person's artwork. I like, that shops look or me like the way uh say a single shop will approach tattoos because that kind of happens too where yep. they get their own kind of identity you know and then you have those individuals like per shop that are just like boy oh boy you know like it's crazy how it yeah everything's so vast these days like i was saying earlier like i just said where Dude, you can go on Instagram or social media these days and every damn day of your life you can find someone that's just going to blow your mind. Oh, dude, I had to stop on Instagram because I started following so many tattoo artists and then they would post something or tag somebody and I'd go to their page and I'd be like, who the fuck is this person? They'd be like, somebody out of Salt Lake City, Utah. And I'd be like, what? And they'd be like, you know, just amazing shit. And then I'd look at the stuff at their shop and I, and you know, you could do that forever. It's the same thing with, uh, with politics these days, like, you know, I mean, obviously, you know what I'm into and it's like, I find a new person doing something new, writing a new book, has a new website, something that I'm like, who the fuck is this? And there are a lot of people actually writing and doing some really interesting, good stuff. It's really, that part of the internet is pretty amazing. Like you realize how much talent is out there and it comes with bullshit as you and I have talked about, like it comes with fevered egos. It comes with influencers and like all the garbage that comes with that. But it also shows you like how much fucking talent has existed, you know, where like you would never know about all this. If it's like, if we still had like one or two magazines that were like, do you have a connection with that guy in the magazine? Like, cause that's how it works in the political world. It's like, do you know somebody who's an editor? And if you do, they'll publish your essay, but they won't publish Sergio's essay because they don't know him. Like, even if he's really talented nowadays, Sergio could be like, fuck it, man. I'm starting my own website. I'll publish my own essays and I'll put it out there myself. Like you don't need anybody else to do it. Yeah. It's on his own exposure or their own exposure. Like you said, you know? Yeah. That part of it, I actually like, um, how about, I was going to, one more thing I wanted to ask you about, because I know we've been running a little long, but I wanted to, I do want to talk to you a little bit about painting too, man. 
because you still like there are days because you've told me and I've I've even talked to Elena about it where like you will know shit go to the shop you're there at nine or ten in the morning or whatever time you're getting there you're getting ready for two or three tattoos that day you're tattooing for nine whatever hours eight nine hours and some days like you're going home and like you're busting out your painting materials and like you're like after all of that like you're going to your garage like doing your thing sitting down and like and it's not just like oh I'm gonna paint a little bit it's like no like you are like dropping lines shading like the whole deal like finish like you're finishing things like as you're sitting down and doing them you're not just like starting a project and kind of setting it to the side or whatever like sometimes I'm sure that happens but some become projects because yeah. then I start really fancy. But that's know, like or, a real love and a passion that goes beyond yeah. just like, like for you art and, and the whole thing is not like, Oh yeah, this is just like a job that I do. I enjoy painting because it's looser. It's not rigid. I'm not dealing, I'm not even dealing with one of my friends. I'm allowed to do what I want to do. And it's like a clear head. Um, I am one of those asshole tattooers that believe you should be doing something, you know, that extracurricular. Yeah, you should be, you know, I don't care what you got. You know, I don't give a shit where you're tagging yourself at. I don't, (laughs) I don't like you should be, I don't know. That's the way I am. I, and maybe it's me being an asshole about it further than I should be, but it's like, Hey dude, like it's part of your craft, you know, even if, I can't wait down the road, Vince, on me being like, I enjoy painting. You know that we've painted outside in my three seasons porch, you know, in the summer and stuff like that. It's very fun. It's super fun. But um, I can't wait till I just get looser and then maybe get into a, a whole nother form of artwork because I've been still pretty rigid on what I do. It's still tattoo based very tattoo based but then there's some stuff that i put out occasionally that i'll be like dude i want to jump into like a scenery or um you know and you've seen you know my paintings and stuff like that where i'll kind of jump into like maybe like a landscape bob rossi kind of but i'll still throw a traditional eagle on it or whatever which is super fun yeah right now i'm um you know, working on a whole set. I got six or whatever. I'm on a kick. I'm pushing every bit of that as being drawn on the uh, sheet. I'm not uh, pre-drawn any of it. I'm drawing it first, start, start it off, map it out, kind of, and then go from there where you're filling the whole sheet. I'm definitely on a dagger kick, of course. But, yeah, it's all still trying to draw everything on there which has been nice. And that's like, like straight up sharpening your skills is what you're saying. Like, like, like like what you said about tattoo artists, like should be doing something extracurricular. It's like, it's not enough to just like go to work and do your tattoos. It's like, you should be like going home and like actually like doing other forms of art. It would be good. it, It adds to all of it. I think it's, I think it's a good emotional, it's a good head clear. Yeah. You know, um, I get to the point sometimes where I get like, I don't say it out loud, but I'm like, man, I'd rather paint. I do. I do to these guys where I'm like, dude, I want to paint all day yeah. where it, it hits me. And it's not that I'm, 
wanting not want to tattoo somebody it's like dude i want to chase that painting and finish it you know mm -hmm. um it happened years ago and i fortunately i kind of learned how to paint by myself through error and then i started painting with some other tattooers you know um and then i started painting and hanging out with like felix and andy and nate and eric you know and like even Eb started jumping in and uh but we were clicky for a while when nate was up here and we painted very deliberately and every like two weeks and we got super clicky and it became a thing where we all kind of agreed that that's what we should be doing you know but i think it was always on us too you know nate's one of those dudes that's like he's that he's definitely that energy he's definitely that vibe where he's like i gotta paint or he'll knock out a bunch of beautiful paint he's getting looser i could see it um i feel like i'm getting a little looser so i'm just gonna keep going you know oh yeah um, i mean dude i painted so damn much during the shutdown too where i got weird and I, it felt good you know like i got yeah. i did some dark shit i did some weird fun shit and i think it, it's still going like some of my favorite painters in the game are of course like right now i'm on a nathan like i can't pronounce his last name nathan kachenko but okay. it, it's like real mixed media it's like tattooy but then it's just beautiful super is cool. he the cat out of la is he out of uh um the willows um god damn it i think i know i know is he out of the west coast yeah i know here yeah. i know exactly who you're super talking cool. about dude it's really super cool. it's cool super cool shit Super. artwork yeah you know yeah where yeah. yeah but you get that's where you finally get loose you know where yeah you could do rigid structured line work and then shade and paint and stuff like that but you start creating artwork that's you know yeah man you have it in you you know you just gotta let let that kind of happen yeah you know i uh, we watched this video not too long ago and like you were saying earlier guy um it's a tattoo video but he said that like you were talking about you know solitude things and i think he said something along the lines where you're like you'll never be a good artist if you're hanging out with people I meaning like you have to like put all all that time out by yourself it, it, it's not quoted what he said but it was basically going back to that where you know and dude there's there's times I probably should be doing better shit or experiencing better shit, but I'm not going to sit here and question my own gosh damn life. You can't do that too much, dude. You drive yourself nuts. But I do think it's good to have that anxiety. Actually, you're saying exactly the same thing that uh, Oliver Stone said when we had him on the program, which was like, he was saying that as he's talking, like, he thinks about all of this shit that, like, he should be doing. That, like, sometimes he'll be, like, running his mouth and he's just thinking, like, I've got a screenplay I should work on. I've got a documentary I should work on. Like, there is something back here that's more important than whatever I'm running my mouth to this person about right now. And yeah. I think that's, like, a good feeling to have. I think, like, really um, productive sort of disciplined people, I think, have that. You know, they have that sort of feeling inside of them as of, like, 
ah, like, what am I doing? Like, there's something more productive I could be doing right now. I think that's, that's a good, it's a good feeling to have, man. I mean, it's also good to chill, which is why, like, I have to tell myself to be like, hey, you know, sit upstairs and watch a few movies and don't do shit. Like, it's good. Like, it's really good to do that. It's just getting harder and harder. I see now, like, by the time we're our dad's ages, dude, we are going to be nuts. Like, because I could already see it now where, like, I'll sit down to, like, watch a movie and I'll be like, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? What am I doing? Yeah. What am I doing? I'm like, what am I doing? I'm more of a crash and burn person, you know, where I'm so damn manic during the day. Where if I crash, I mean that that just meant like I'm either out, you know. But I'm like I said, I'm just internally manic, like you said. So it's like, dude, like, just follow it, you know. Hell yeah. Just, just let it go, like yeah. shit. Yep, I agree with you, you always, dude. Yeah. I wish I, I run in circle. Do it. Fuck yeah. No, that's a good that's a good that I think that's a good way to uh that's a good way to end. That's like some good advice for people. Run in circles. Yeah, I mean shit. If you got if you got it in you, just keep doing it. You know? Right on, brother. Well, I wish I could see you in the flesh. It fucking kills me that we haven't been able to hang out. For people who are listening or watching, we uh I mean, I, you know, at least once a week, sometimes once every couple weeks, whatever it was, but like I would stop by the shop to hang with Jared and, and everybody. And uh, yeah. I fucking miss it, man. I really do. I, I miss you. I saw and, you a little while ago. Where did Maybe we see a, you? Like a month ago. When did I tattoo you? Or when did we hang out? Oh, shit. That was <laughs> a month ago. Oh. That was like, <laughs> Serge's last. When was it? Yeah, when was that? That was a little while ago. For my birthday. September. Oh, September. That was in September, yeah. That's was that like long? a yeah, it's been a while, man. It's been a long time. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I mean, we've been shit, dude. Everybody's been busy. We've been busy as shit. I mean, we're doing like yeah. you know, dude, we've got I put a thing out on Facebook today. I'm just like, hey, uh, you know, like this is what we've been up to. Cause I've talked to some people on the yeah. phone who are like, Oh, the space has been closed. I guess you guys really haven't been doing much, huh? And I'm just like, I, I'm like, no dude. I'm like, Sergio's finishing his documentary. And then I have to explain to people for every hour of video time, there's an hour that goes into editing. So it's like, well, or hey. two hours, you know, sometimes. So it's like, hey. dude, you got like two and a half. What were you going to say? You got Serge, dude. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's what everybody, I know, man, that's what everybody assumes that Serge is like the Ukrainian mule. They're just like, oh, Sergio is on it. Like, Serge is the power, dude. Yeah, like, meaning, like, like, why would you worry about it? There's no stopping Serge. No. We all know that. <laughs> I know. I know. Doing, he's probably doing something else while he's doing this. He is. <laughs> <laughs> he is. Yeah. That's how it works with him. <laughs> he said it's not good. <laughs> no, nah, man, that's no. the way it is. Yeah, always. Well, hey, brother, thank you for doing this. I fucking miss you. I love you, and it's good yeah. to just catch up with you. Yeah, I'm going to cold call your ass soon. And, you know, I told you that, but then it's like, yeah, I got busy too. So It's, it's all good, baby. I got uh, Christmas gifts for you, so I'll be stopping by the yeah. house to drop them off. Oh, it's almost Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it is. It's something, but I'm. De I definitely got a couple things for you, so I look forward to dropping them off at your place. 
tell yeah, Elena I'll, I said what's up too. By the way, the shirt I'm rocking yeah. out. If you like the shirt that I'm fucking rocking out, Spellbound. Check it out, <laughs> Spellbound Supply Company on what yeah, Instagram everywhere. Yeah, you could check them out on in, mainly check them out on Instagram, Spellbound Supply Company. They got some badass shit, and uh, Elena is Jared's wife. She's also awesome, and I miss seeing her around too. She's a slayer. She is. She is. Truly. No, I know. I know. She's she's badass. Tell her I said hello, please. Thank you, my I man. Will. Not a problem. Hey, thank you for watching and listening. If you think this program is worth a pack of cigarettes or a cheeseburger, you could become a Patreon for as little as $3 a month. The link is available at our website, parkmedia.org. That's P-A-R-C media.org. Make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel below. Also, you could find us on Instagram at parkmedia, Facebook at politics, art, roots, culture, and you could find me on Twitter at Vince Emanuele.